Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that, although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain. Many years ago, I took a weekend course in mediumship that proved to me that life after death is real. However, I was only right about 30-40% of the time, and in the past 10 years, I have been too afraid to try it again, even though I know deep in my heart that when we have a mediumship reading, it proves the survival of your loved ones, and it really can reduce grieving time. So about a month ago, I got sick and tired of this fear, and I found myself late one night looking on YouTube thinking somebody must have a course in mediumship that I can take at home and really learn. Learn and get over my fears of of trying this. So lo and behold, I found our guest today. His name is Martin Twycross. Martin is a spiritualist medium and teacher based in the UK. He undertook the vast majority of his training over a 10-year period at the prestigious Arthur Finley College and has been teaching mediumship and spiritual development himself for over 10 years. He holds certifications in demonstrating mediumship and speaking awarded by the Spiritualists National Union. Martin is passionate about providing quality teaching for the next generations of mediums. He has developed a unique series of over 20 full-length videos to teach the theory of mediumship. He has also developed a comprehensive home study program that I am enrolled in based on these videos, which comprises of over 90 hours of teaching. If you want to see who Martin Twycross is, you can go to wedontdieradio.com right now and click on episode 81. So with all that being said, my fabulous teacher, Martin Twycross, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. It's great to be here. Yeah, I felt like a little kid introducing you because <laughs> yeah, I've That's watched wonderful. you for over 20 hours on your videos and now I get to talk to the person. So I'm just, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted. And great. I gave a little preview to our, our listener now just about uh, the fear that I had of mediumship. And just so you know, as my teacher, over the past week, I've actually um, put my feet in the water a little bit. And I've tried doing mediumship with some of my distant friends. I don't know them too much. And I have uh, been getting great results. And not correct all the time, because I think some of it is my imagination. But the things that have been correct have been really correct. So thank you for that. No, you're very welcome. I'm pleased I can help. Yeah, you're big time. So a little, how about a little bit about you? Because watching your videos, you seem like you're a very scientific-oriented person. Uh, I know yourself in one of the videos you mentioned you were once an atheist, and um, I believe you said that anyways. But just a little bit about you and how you became a medium. Like something must have happened, one would imagine. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're very, very correct in terms of my approach. You will have noticed it is quite logical, quite scientific. So I am very much, uh, I have a very strong science background. I studied sciences uh, at school and I went on to do a physics degree. Wow. And then I did a master's in environmental science. So I've got a very scientific background. And you're also right from the video, I, I for quite some time I was an atheist I'm highly skeptical. I'm still that skeptical medium. And uh, for me, if something's real, you're going to have to prove it to me. Right. I, I won't take anything at first glance. And uh, I, w- I will share something with you. As a, 
as a student and in my late teens, I, I really didn't believe in religion. I didn't believe in any of our holy books or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought all people who followed religion blindly following things that had no evidence, no proof. I used to really enjoy having conversations with them, trying to tell them that what they were believing was a load of rubbish. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, I so know what you mean. I do. It's, it's quite ironic, really, that, you know, I find myself where I am now. And I'll show you something else with you. It's quite funny. I, I, at one point during one of those conversations, I was arguing with a very much a, a born-again Christian about there is no God. Oh, no. And I'd had quite a bit to drink at the time, mm -hmm. which made my argument all the stronger. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I, I said, you know, there is no God. And I, all I can describe is this feeling pushing me into this chair, like a huge hand, just pushing me down into the chair. I thought, this is really odd. So it stopped when I didn't say anything. But when I said, there is no God, it happened again. Hmm. And it only happened when I said, there is no God. And I thought, that's ever so odd. So at that point in time, I went agnostic. So I, I no longer believed there wasn't a God, but I believed there was something, but I don't know what. Right. But whenever I argue there was no God, something strange happened to me. So I thought I better, I better open to the possibility of maybe there is something. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it's strange, really, because I, I really thought things like mediumship and spiritualism was just people who were grieving or vulnerable, who were trying to clutch at straws, trying to believe in something. Right. I agree. I felt the same way. Exactly. And, you know, I, and it, it was strange in my early 20s, mid 20s, I, I, I found myself sharing a, a house, a bunch of guys in a house, and one of them was a, a spiritualist. He went to church every Sunday, and we used to have discussions about spiritualism and religion. And he was quite, quite normal, actually. And uh, okay. he said, you know, you should come along to this church. And so I did. I went to my first spiritualist church. And he said, if you, because you don't believe, if you should come to this evening, which is what we call a transfiguration evening. And transfiguration is a form of physical mediumship. Okay. And it's where an ectoplasmic mask builds up over the face of the medium and takes on the facial features of somebody in the spirit world. And the thing about physical mediumship is it should be visible to everybody, believers and non-believers alike. So even like me, who was a skeptic, I should have seen it. Mm -hmm. So I went along and I sat in a very darkened room with about 50 people and I saw nothing apart from... The best thing I can describe it as is a guy at the front gurning, pulling strange faces. Okay. And everyone else would say, wow, have you, can you see the Native American? I'm saying, nope. Can you see this man? I'm saying, nope. Nope. So that convinced me more than anything that most of them were deluded and it right. was all in their mind. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then he said, you know, okay, that wasn't a great example. And maybe you should go and have a reading with a medium. So I said, well, okay, you know, I'm, I'm scientific. I can't poo-poo something until I get some evidence for it. Okay. So I went along to the medium he recommended, who's supposedly a good medium. I took my notebook. Everything she said was written down as evidence. And I scored it all afterwards as to how accurate it was. And it wasn't really very good, to be truthful, maybe 30, 40% accuracy. Mm -hmm. But a few things she said, I, I had to go away and check with my mum. And in checking it, it turned out there's a few bits in there, a few gems that were actually quite good. But the majority was, was really, I would call it, uh, you know, cold reading techniques and things like that. You know, I turned up in a nice car. That was quite a quick car. And she said, you like to drive quite quickly. And I'm thinking, I'm in my mid-20s and I've got a sports car outside. Yeah, what course. do you think? Yes. You know, okay. it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure that out. Right. 
But there was a couple of bits in there that still had my attention. I thought that's interesting, but still, my 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 view of mediums was that mm, not happy about it. Didn't really believe it. And then, the for me, the trigger for me was uh, in two thousand and one when my mum uh, she got very ill and she had a massive stroke and basically, ultimately, it took her to the spirit world. And I had a premonition of the exact moment in time she would die. I knew it within me. And I told all the family, and we'd had a lot of occasions where it looked like she was going to go, but she didn't. And all the family thought I was mad. And all the family said, you know, you're crazy. So I was only one there at the time. And even the nurses and doctors said to me, Martin, go home, you're crazy. I said, no, it's going to happen at 3 a.m. in the morning this day. And sure enough, time came. And it wasn't until about 20 minutes beforehand that she started to deteriorate and the nurses and doctors suddenly realized, actually, he's right. So they rang the family, but sadly, they weren't able to get there. So it's just me who was there mm -hmm. with her. And for me, I think it's one of the most beautiful things to be able to be with someone at the moment they pass. For me, it's, you know, it is a real privilege. And at the exact moment she passed, I just knew within my very being that she was not dead, that she was still alive, just in another dimension. I can't say how I knew. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I just knew. So I sent the thought to her, well, I'm going to go and find a spiritualist church, and if you can come along, that would be wonderful. So I had to stay back up. Back, I, it, my family lived quite a distance from where I lived, so I had to stay there a little while to sort a few things out. Mm -hmm. Then when I got the chance to, which was about two weeks later, I went to my local spiritualist church, and I went along, and I, I was pretty sceptical. I sat in the very back corner, kind of <laughs> hiding, not really wanting to be there. Right. And the medium came to me, maybe the second or third link, and he said, I'm coming to the man in the back corner who's got his arms folded, who looks like he doesn't want to be there. And I'm looking around myself thinking, who's that? And it was mm -hmm. me. And he brought my mum through, and he gave me this most phenomenal evidence. And he told me exactly what happened at the moment she passed. And I know there's nobody else there other than me, my mum. And I knew beyond doubt that was her communicating. I knew beyond doubt that mediumship at that moment in time was real. And not everyone is as lucky as that to get that kind of excellent evidence on their first visit. Right. And so I thought that's amazing. And I, I was talking afterwards and they said, well, we have a demonstration tomorrow night where our training, me training mediums get to go on platform, something we call open platform. Mm -hmm. If you're so interested, come along tomorrow night. So I did, and the next night I got another message from my grandfather in spirit with some very specific stuff about his jobs and all sorts of things. So in the course of two days, I was given so much evidence that proved to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that mediumship was real. But on that very first visit, the medium said something to me at the very end of his message, and he said, Martin, you are a medium also. And you, we didn't say Martin because he didn't know my name actually. Right. He said, he said you're a medium also, and you will work on platform within 18 months. And the, I just thought to myself, there's no way I want to be a medium. There's no way I want to do what you're doing. Right. There's no way, no way I want to stand up in front of a group of people and be the center of attention. But strangely, all of that came true. Strangely, I did go to circle. I did start developing. I think within two months, I'd already given my first spirit link. And it just unfolded so rapidly. And my teacher invited me without ever, my teacher didn't know nothing about the prediction given to me by this medium. And she invited me to work platform with her within 18 months. And it all came true. 
And I said to her, I'm not ready. And she said, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. And I said, I'm not coming. She said, yes, you are. Like, okay, I better do it. Right. <laughs> and, it wor- and it worked. So that's how I went from being that atheist, that skeptic, to becoming a medium. Incredible. And, oh. and for me, it was, you know, and I changed in that process. It, it has to change us. I believe when we are touched by the power of spirit, when our soul is touched, it starts to change us as a, as a person. And a lot of my friends kind of said, he's gone a bit mad. He's, you know, he's become, he's going to that church a lot, that spiritualist church, and it's a phase he's going through and he'll grow out of it. And they didn't understand. And they didn't understand the degree of comfort you get when you find out that there is no death. When we find out that our own loved ones are still alive, we don't, People don't realize just how comforting that is, how wonderful that is. And for me, I never forget how much benefit it gave me. And that's one thing I always remember whenever I'm working as a medium now, that I hold that power within my hands. It's a huge responsibility, mediumship. Mm-hmm. Sure it is. You know, when we, when we work for people, you know, we can become a bit blase. You know, I wake up and, yeah, I'm doing another demonstration this evening. I'm doing some more private sittings. But we forget that we're reuniting two worlds that, to all intents and purposes, physically can no longer interact. But through a medium, they can. And it's, a, it's such a privilege. It really is. And I, I, love, I love that ability to do that. And I love to help others to unfold that ability as well. And Martin, you're very believable because you were the skeptic and that you do have the scientific sense of mind. Uh, and... And my book is called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I think uh, you, like me, I mean, it's it's easier to believe someone who's traveled that road before as opposed to someone who you might say is, I don't know, real spiritual or woo-woo or, you know, one of those crazy kinds of people. Yeah, I like to consider myself a fairly grounded, rational you spiritualist. are. And you've got a great sense of humor, too. I love <laughs> everything that you teach in your videos, but every so often you come out with something that just makes me belly laugh. So thank you for that. No, you're welcome. A sense of humor is a really valuable tool. I think it's one of the most underestimated tools we can have, actually. If we, mm-hmm. can, la- if we can laugh at ourselves and laugh at things and not think things so seriously that we allow it to become such a problem for us. It's great. Yeah, it's super. So how about a little bit more about your training? Because I actually registered for a course this coming May at the Arthur Finley College. I've never been, and I just thought, well, why don't I check that out? Um, What was your journey as uh, learning mediumship? Um, A little bit about it, maybe, and then on to you actually teaching it yourself. Sure. So, yeah, so I, I I started my journey locally within the local church, Hampton Hill Spiritualist Church, which is a church I'm still very heavily involved in. Um, it's still a very special, it's my second home at the moment. Oh, nice. Is that, it's my home from home. Is that where you do the videos? With, Indeed, that's, with that, flip is the, chart? <laughs> that is the backdrop for the videos, absolutely. Okay. Very nice that's to know. It's where I met my wife, it's where I got married, it's, it plays a huge part in my life. Very absolutely. nice, very nice. So that's where I started my development and... Uh, I started off in the circles there, um, and the problem is within within churches, within that kind of environment. At the end of the day, whilst the teachers generally are can be can be really good, if you want to get the best teachers, you have to go a little bit further afield. And I always thought, well, if I want to learn something, I want to learn it well. And if I want to learn it, I'd really like to go and seek out 
some of the finest teachers I can. The best. Exactly. And I, I did a bit of research and the name that came up time and time again was the Arthur Finley College. And uh, so I went to the Arthur Finley College on one of their open days just to have a look at it, to understand it. And uh, I, I fell in love with the place then. It's such a beautiful place. It really is. It's got such a beautiful energy. And I booked on a course and I went on the course and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I went on another one and I ended up going about three times a year for... Well, I think I've I think I've done as a student probably about thirty six courses there. Wow, <laughs> it's over half my lo- half half a year of my life there. Wow, <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, for me, I, I just enjoyed going with different teachers, just learning as much as I can, trying to soak up information like a sponge. Right. You know, I I I just love learning. I don't think we ever stop learning within our own development. I still learn every single time I work. I still learn with every demonstration. I still learn with. Every time I teach, it's always, life is all about learning. Mm-hmm. And then sharing when get, it. Exactly. When I get the spirit world, then I still want to keep learning. I'll just see it from a different perspective. What That's ha- what we want. What have you learned about the spirit world? Because um, it's great that we can connect to them. But like, do you have any insight of what's going on there? Or, you know, when we pass, um, I mean, this is a humongous question. But like what it's all about, I, I know for myself, I believe that Earth can be an education for our soul. Um, but in the spirit world, is it just another world similar to this? Is it, you know, have you had any thoughts of who they are, what they're doing, and uh, why they're able to communicate with us? Well, I guess most information on what the spirit world is like comes through transmediums. And transmediumship is where a medium if you like, just goes very, very passive. It's almost like they slip into a form of meditation, mm-hmm. but the spirit spirit blends with with the medium and blends with the mind of the medium, and spirit is able to speak through them with their permission. So effectively, the medium surrenders and allows spirit to blend with their mind and speak through them. And we've had some really good examples of transmediums in the past, mediums such as Silver Birch, and they bring through a great deal of information about what life is like in the spirit world. But funnily enough, you'll find that different communicators give a different opinion of what life's like in the spirit world. Hmm. And when you think about it, if I was to ask, if I was to take a hundred people who lived upon the earth from a variety of different countries, different areas, different regions, and ask them all what life was like on earth, they'd all tell me something different. Sure. So if you like, it's, it's whatever we work with is tinged with their own experiences as spirits. And also, whatever comes through, any medium, I believe, has a degree of coloration of the medium's own mind and the medium's own beliefs. It takes an awful lot of development for the medium to be minimized in the equation. And we call it the stained glass effect, whereby what is presented has a degree of staining or coloration, especially if the medium holds very, very strong beliefs or the medium has fixed views about things. Right. So is it possible for us to ever find out for definite what life is like in the spirit world? I don't think so. But if you look at what so many different people say, and I'm, I'm also a trans medium. I've been developing that for a good six, seven years. And Very cool. the, the guides also speak through me. And uh, I like to give my sitters questions to ask them as well, because I'm, I've got that kind of mind. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like to know what question's going to be asked when because I, my own mind will dwell upon it or may colour it. Right. So I prefer not to, if a question's asked, I like it to come out of the blue. So it can, it, my own mind can, has less of a chance to interfere. 
generally from my own experiences and from what I've read, you know, people, the guides say that within the spirit world, it's a world of mind. It's not a physical world. But when we go to bed at night, we dream and we dream of ourselves as having bodies. So the mind is quite able to clothe us within a body within a dream. And so the mind is quite able to clothe us within the body within the spirit world. And generally we will create within the spirit world with our own mind that which we, we that with which we are familiar. Mm -hmm. So the world we go to will eff effectively look a lot like the world we're familiar with anyway, because that's what we're used to. Mm -hmm. And we interact as a mind. We, you know, so there is, there is no separation through, through physical space. But they say there are so many worlds within worlds within the spirit realm. And effectively, we just continue on. We continue our development, the next stage within spirit. So we move forward. You know, so we, we don't instantly become spiritual. We don't instantly turn into uh, the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa when we get there. Okay. You know, we, we're still effectively the same personality. We're still effectively the same person we are here. But I say we have many lives within lives here. Because... If I look where I am now compared to where I was 10 years ago, compared to where I was 20 years ago, I'm a different person. And different experiences make us have a different outlook. And the more we learn, it changes us. And so I believe that even if we look at our earthly life, we can see those changes, that growth taking place. Definitely. Definitely. So it's the same within the spirit world. You know, in the spirit world, we'll still get experiences to help our soul to grow, to help us grow as that consciousness, to help us grow as that mind. But I think one thing we will find is that they say that here in this earthly world, we become separated. If you like, we're kind of unplugged from the matrix. Here we, we have this body that separates us from all other people. So we don't feel connected to people. We don't see that connection that exists with all of us. But when we go back to the spirit world and we lose that body, if you like, we become part of that ocean again where that, we, we're, we're back as a droplet within that ocean, we, whilst we maintain our own unique identity, our own unique personality, we recognize the interconnectedness of all things and all people. So we, we end up with a slightly different perspective. And they say that our life flashes before our eyes when we pass. But I just believe it's that reconnection, that reconnection where all experiences are maintained and held. We're just accessing them all again. We're able to review our life because all of that resurfaces to us. And as, as mediums, we get so many messages from people when they've gone to the spirit world about they get to see where they go wrong. They get to see the mistakes mm -hmm. they make. They want to come back and make amends. They want to come back and say, I'm sorry for being that way. They come back to say to their loved ones, I, I love you. I didn't tell you it. It's so important you know it, but I love you. I may not have always shown it. My actions may not have shown it. I may not have said it, but it's there. I think what really matters to us surfaces the most when we're in the spirit world. Sometimes in this world, we get a bit caught up in our own experience. We get a bit caught up in our own lives. Right. And we, get, we can move away from that, which is so important. So, yeah, for me, I, you know, what's life in the spirit world like is to say time is different. Mm -hmm. But, but I, the guides tend to say that the experiences we have, if you like, are linear. They, they follow one after the other. Growth takes place progressively, although time is different. So it's not like the linear time we have here. So a lot of time could have passed in a blink of an eye. Or mm -hmm. So time is different, but exactly how, it's quite hard for us to understand because of the way 
we experience time and our lives here. So it's hard for us to understand that. But it is a huge topic. I could probably talk to you about it. Oh, day, I know you could. My mind's just filling me with questions. Of course, I've got questions naturally because I'm in your course. But you just mentioned guides. Uh, sure. Aside from our deceased loved ones, uh, who are guides? So for me, guides are uh, spirits. They are people within the spirit world who choose to work with those of us here, who choose to help us in some way, to um, inspire us, to help us, to guide us, to teach us, to, to be a part of our journey. And I believe everybody has a guide, even if you're not aware of them, you still will have them. Right. But if you're going to work with your spiritual abilities, then absolutely they're there. They're going to work with you. And for me, how many do you have? Well, it, it depends what work you do, because if you do certain work, you'll attract people who will work with you to do that. So if you do healing, you'll end up with guides and helpers who work with the healing energies. If you do mediumship, platform mediumship, you'll end up with guides who, who are helping with that process. So how many guides we have will depend upon what we do, what, what we do. But all of us, I believe, have at least one main guide. Most of us have considerably more. And a lot of the guides, if you like, you know, if you have a, a theater show, You've got your main actors, but there's a huge set of people behind the scenes who get get the show on the road. Yeah, that's I, a great visual. Yes. And I believe it's the same. You know, when I, whenever I demonstrate mediumship, there may be one or two guides who are kind of very heavily involved within the process. But I believe there's a multitude of other people who are helping to train the communicators to work with us, who are helping to create the right conditions for it to happen, mm -hmm. who are behind the scenes just doing jobs without any recognition. So I, I, I believe that it, it's not a bad metaphor, the sort of theatre metaphor for it. Martin, are we all able to do mediumship? Or is it just special, blessed individuals that can do it? Well, there's two schools of thought. The first school of thought is that, you know, mediumship is a gift and only certain people have that gift. And the second school of thought is that mediumship is an ability or a faculty just like any other ability the ability to draw, the ability to do, to do art, the ability to play music. And we can all do all of those things to a degree. Right. You know, for me, for me, I, I'll share a story. I, I always want to be a, a rock guitarist, you know, okay. I, I would have loved to have been fabulous on guitar and I purchased guitars. I purchased amplifiers. I went for lessons. Mm -hmm. My tutor said to me, Martin, with all due respect, as much as I love teaching you, you're never going to be a guitarist or at least you could, you're going to struggle with it. You'll, you'll be able to knock something out at half speed, probably badly, but you've got no sense of rhythm. You've got no sense of timing and it's just never going to work brilliantly for you. And I said, fair enough, but I enjoy it. I enjoy mucking about with it. And so I was able to do it to a degree, but other people could pick the guitar up and be fabulous quickly and had a real natural aptitude and ability for it. Now you might say they're gifted and I wasn't, but I still have some degree and with, practice with patience with a desire to want to learn yeah I, I can move forward i can progress with it but my rate of progression is different to theirs mm -hmm. so for me mediumship is like any other ability i believe we all have it we're all spirit here and now none of us are different we're all that soul upon the earth we're all spirit here and now so because we are we have that potential within us to do it but you've got to want to learn to develop it. You've got to want to show up in class. You've got to want to do the teaching, the, 
you want you've got to want to do the practice sure you know and a lot of people yeah they love to play guitar but you stick the guitar in a hand and say right you do an hour a day you do your scales i go oh that's boring i don't want to do that and they never, they never develop it it's the same with mediumship right there's something you have one of your many flip charts um you have a picture a small round circle that's the body and then outside of it you have another circle that's the soul and then outside of that you've got another circle that's the spirit and yeah. growing up i you know i grew up catholic and always thought okay i've got a soul inside me and so when you drew the picture of the soul being outside the body i'm like now that's very cool and then the spirit even outside of that and i had on my journey, I had taken a course on remote viewing, which was yeah. spectacular. And there's 60 people in the class, all, some of us very skeptical, others believed, but we were all able uh, from one, <clears throat> well, some more than others, uh, some less, but to some degree, we were all able to pick up either what was inside of a, a closed bag or uh, an image of a picture, even though the picture was in the envelope, like we all had it. And so when I think of mediumship, too, I think, I mean, I love your drawing because if even if that little circle, the body disappears, you know, we're still that soul and that spirit. And so when we're in the body, um, we are still part of that soul, part of that spirit that can connect with uh, the soul and spirit of others. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Yes, yeah, I got, I'm following that completely. Oh, well, that's good because you're the teacher. And so, uh, you mentioned in the course as well, there's a difference between psychic abilities and mediumship abilities. And this past week when I was working with uh, a friend of mine, I, I very clearly brought in uh, a human being that once lived and described her. But then I described a uh, brass key one of those old skeleton keys and then i saw a, a woman who ended up being her mother who's very much alive and how her mother dresses and the tv show the golden girls which is something her and her mom watch often but it was clear to me that i was picking up things psychically and then also picking up things as a medium can you describe a little bit about what the difference is uh connecting to someone psychically and uh through mediumship yeah certainly i'll take a step backwards and i'll explain that mediumship and psychic work function through our psychic senses, our psychic faculties, okay. the psychic abilities. So they both use exactly the same mechanism. Um, and we often speak about our psychic senses by work, terminology such as clairvoyance, which is seeing, mm -hmm. clairsentience, sensing, clairaudience, hearing, and the like. And basically, we're using the same abilities for each. The only difference between psychic work and mediumistic work is that with mediumship, the information is coming from a discarnate mind in the spirit world. With psychic work, the information is coming from the energy of a person, or it's coming from the energy of a place, or it could even be coming from the energy of an object. So we're working with something in the here and now with psychic work. And with mediumistic work, we're, we're linking to the spirit world, we're linking to a mind within the spirit world, and that's where the information is coming from. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yep. So, yeah, that, that's the main difference. But then again, you see, um, if you were given an object that un she understood, it's quite possible her mum would understand that object and know about the object. So sometimes it's not always easy to pinpoint where the information is coming from. And, you know, even if we get information about a sitter, about their health conditions, mm -hmm. their loved one in the spirit world generally knows what's going on with them. It takes an interest in their health conditions. 
So say I'm sitting there doing a sitting with someone and I, I go, oh, I've got a terrible stomach problem. I'm really feeling, did your mum have a terrible problem with her tummy? And they say, no, but that's me. Right. But mum knows she's got that problem. So mum may be sending that information to me or I may be picking it up just by naturally tuning in psychically to her energy. I pick up the stomach problem. So can I prove whether it's received from spirit or received psychically? Not always so easily, no. It's amazing because in and amongst all of this, I have my own brain kicking in, thinking I'm making stuff up, not wanting to be wrong. Uh, one of the things that you recommend is meditation uh, to quiet the mind, to raise. Uh, maybe you can talk about a little bit about that meditation, sitting in the power. Um, you know, I, I literally had taken a three-day course, Martin, years ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, I produced these unbelievable images in my mind that I was just right on. And then I, I left after that trying to do it. And then I was wrong. And obviously the fear of being wrong kept me from sharing this with people. But watching your course, I'm realizing there's things like meditation, sitting in the power, uh, prayer, really getting that, you know, this is a blessing to be able to do this, that I'm not alone, that there's a guide helping me, you know, and whereas my uh, mind wants to tell me it's, it's just Sandra doing it, you know, and, and it's not the best, most empowering way to get there. <laughs> well, e even now when I work as a medium, I often think I'm making this up. Sure. And the thing is, the interesting part is that the part of us that works with mediumship is our subconscious mind, our creative mind, the part of the mind that is our imagination. So mediumship action actually functions through your imagination. Okay. So with beginners, we often say, look, just make it up because we give them permission to use that creative aspect of self. Ah. We, we give them permission to use the part of the mind they need to do mediumship. And all we do as a more experienced medium is we train our imagination to shut up. So we, tra we train our own mind to stay out of it through meditation. Meditation is the key to discipline our own mind, to stop our own thoughts coming in. But in the early stages, you receive some of it from the spirit world and you receive some of it from your own mind, which tries to add to it because your own mind's incredibly helpful. I should also say I'm a hypnotherapist as well. You see, I trained hypnotherapist mm -hmm. and as part of my training, I had to understand all about the mind. And that gives me another aspect and insight into how the mind works. And it, it is the, literally that part of us, that imagination, that intuition that we're working with. And that's what we have to stimulate and train. And if you, if you're all mediums generally, have an active imagination because that's what you've got to have. Right. And if you don't, if you don't have it, that's what we try to train you to get. And it's a lot easier for women than men as well, because we often speak about the subconscious mind being the right brain, the female brain, and the conscious logical mind being the left brain, the male brain. And for a lot of men, they find it quite hard to access that side of their mind. They find it quite hard to, it's the emotional touchy feely side of us. So I always say, if you're a man, you've got to be in touch with your feminine side to do it. Absolutely. Hmm. What is the power that you speak of? Because I remember also um, you describe a radio metaphor and connecting with spirit. Can you talk about a little bit about the power? And so yeah, the power. The power is it, it's not a physical power. It's it's a spiritual power. And the power. Um, I'm, I'm very fond of a medium called Gordon Higginson, who was one of our finest mediums. And uh, he was also the, uh, the president of the Spiritualist National Union for very many years. And also he was the principal of the Arthur Finley College for very many years. Mm. In fact, he was, he was key in setting up the Arthur Finley College. But I won't tell you too much about him. But he, one of his 
expressions was that power manifests the spirit world to us. Power is what manifests spirit to the medium. So if you like, we can view power as a fuel for mediumship, power as a necessary thing to make mediumship happen. Okay. So we all need to learn to build power to be a medium. And an equation I use is a medium equals a psychic plus power. And we often say that all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. And to be a medium, you're going to have psychic abilities. Plus, you've got to learn to build power. And the easiest way to build power is through learning to build it through meditation, through an attunement meditation called sitting in the power, sitting for spirit. But also, the more we do mediumistic work, it naturally builds anyway. It's a, little bit, it's a bit like spiritual stamina. If you went for a run, the next time you run, you can run that bit further. It's, it's the same sort of idea as well. But if we learn it through meditation, and another thing Gordon said, which I, I find really interesting, is before we can touch the spirit world, we have to touch the spirit within us. Wow. Bef before we can feel the presence of spirit, we have to feel the presence of our own spirit. Before we can feel the love of spirit, we have to feel the love we have within us as a spirit. And we do that through learning to attune to our own spirit. And then we do it, we also then learn to attune to the spirit world. And it's ironic that... By sitting doing nothing other than being in a meditative state of attunement with spirit, it can unfold the gifts within us, the mediumistic and psychic abilities. And uh, I've seen people take dramatic leaps in their mediumship just by adopting a regular practice of sitting for spirit. And something else Gordon said, which I was fascinating, is he, he said every, every minute spent in the spirit world attuning to spirit through meditation is valuable. No time spent in the presence of spirit is ever wasted. That's great news. And so when we, when we do that, if you like, you're making yourself accessible to the spirit world. They want to use your mind, but you've got to give them a chance to learn how your mind works. Mm. You've got to let your guides and helpers have the opportunity to explore you through that state of blending with them. And that way, our mediumship will function so much more easily because they can create the right conditions for us because they've had the opportunity to check us out and understand how we work and We've made the time to be with them. So it, it makes a lot of logical sense. Plus, not only that, we have to learn to discipline our own minds. And just like a lot of meditative work within the Eastern traditions, you learn to let thoughts come and go, but not interact with them. You learn to still your mind, that monkey mind. You learn to let it quieten down just so that we can be that clear channel. We can be, we move ourselves into that state that makes us accessible to the spirit world without our own minds interfering. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's get to the radio now because I, I've had people that have read my book and talked to me and they're like, my dad's passed 10 years now and no one's ever been able to get in touch with him. Uh, you know, is there something wrong with me? And can you just explain maybe a little bit about vibrations and how we are connecting vibrationally and, uh, and your metaphor about the tuning a radio is awesome. Sure. So, the, yeah, the radio analogy, basically... The idea is that as mediums wear radio receivers and everybody within the spirit world has their own unique wavelength and they, if you like, they're transmitting. And so it's about getting us matched to the right spirits as, so we have the right, we can receive their wavelength. And some people are relatively easy to work with. They can work with a great deal of mediums and some come through very, very rarely. And if you like, they might be a harder frequency for a lot of mediums to get. That's the idea. So the idea is that when we start as a beginner, we generally have a much more limited range than when we learn to work with it more as an intermediate. We grow our range 
And then as a more advanced medium, we're still seeking to grow our range yet still further to the point whereby someone could say, I'd like you to communicate with such and such and we can make the link. And, you know, if we, if we can cover all frequencies and provide that person is willing to communicate from the spirit world, it should be possible. Now, that's the goal. That's the ultimate aim. The reality is it doesn't always work as easy as that. Yes. But, you know, I, I've tested this with, I, I, in sittings we, we, at the church, we have something called the Psychic Supper where it's eight, ten-minute readings back to back. And as, as an experiment, I've asked people, who would you like to hear from? And they tell me a name or the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I asked them to come and I was able to give each person who they wanted and all the evidence to demonstrate I was linking with them. That's so fantastic. I thought, I thought, great, it works. But on another occasion, maybe only five out of eight came. So it's it cannot be guaranteed. That's the thing. With, with all of this work, there are no guarantees. The conditions have to be right. We have to be a good vibrational match. Very good. Now, our spirit uh, friends, could they be busy? Could they just not be interested in coming forth? Is it something that, um, you know, it, I mean, it may sound silly, but is if they don't come forth, uh, is it maybe that you're just not reaching them, but they're, they're busy doing something else? It's just not time for them to work with you. Yeah, there could be There's so many reasons. I believe that they have to be trained to do this work with us as uh-huh. well. Ah, that's good so, news. So they've got to want to do it, first of all. Okay. Then they've got to, if you like, have some degree of training or shown what to do by somebody. Um, and also they've got to be available because maybe just at that moment in time that they've got something better to do in the spirit world. They're really busy. And we're calling and we're asking them to come forward and they can't because they're busy. But I, I'll share a story with you that might that's I find quite illustrative as okay. well. Is uh, I was once on a course and a guy was telling me that he was so disappointed that his dad had been in the spirit world for 10 years and he's, he had such a close relationship with his dad and his dad had never been through before. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me this in a bar at the time. And I thought that is so sad. That really is so sad. And I, I just sent the thought of, look, if you're there, dad, he'd love to hear from you. Can you, can you come forward and work? And I got his dad and I brought his dad through in that moment. And he was so grateful. Sure. But it turned out that his dad was his Jewish, very Orthodox Jewish, and felt that mediumship was bad and wasn't necessarily the right thing to do, but also didn't want to come through in the environment of a spiritualist church because it was not what he wanted. So in the, if you like, in a, in a hotel bar, in a relaxed environment, right. he was happy to come forward. Amazing. And I found that amazing. That I thought to myself, well, so even our beliefs that we held here can still remain in spirit and can still interfere with the process. And it wasn't really that his dad didn't want to communicate. He just didn't feel comfortable doing it in the environment where mostly it took place. Yeah, that makes sense. Which um, makes me think of another question. Uh, I found out about spiritualism by reading a book. Many of my listeners, this might be the first time they've heard of spiritualism or a spiritualist church. Um, Could you describe just a little bit about spiritualism and um, how, I mean, because I know at the end of the services I have attended, there's been medium readings by the minister. And that might be a comforting place for people to start if they're looking for signs their loved one is still around. Certainly. And, and, and spiritualism is a little bit different in different countries around the world. Um, spiritualism started in, in the U.S., uh, but it became quite popular in the U.K. And I guess now we probably have a, probably a stronger movement, mm-hmm. perhaps in the U.K. than in the U.S. 
And certainly in the UK, we always recommend people to go to spiritualist churches if they would like to get a, a reading or if they would like to try and see if there's any truth in life after death, we would recommend people go to a spiritualist church. And normally within the UK, uh, the churches all have services and within those services, mediums are demonstrating. And the whole purpose of a demonstration in a spiritualist church is to prove survival. Mm-hmm. It's all about bringing through that evidence that demonstrates that our loved ones survive physical death. Just like that first time I went and I got all this evidence from my mum and I knew she was there. Right. That's what we want. Yep. However, not all mediums do that. And some mediums work very much psychically. And some mediums give people what they want to hear and tell people what they want to hear. And, oh, you've got a lovely aura, you've got a lovely energy, you're such a lovely person and lovely things are going to happen to you. But where is spirit in all of that? Hang on, you haven't linked, you haven't demonstrated. So I'm very much that if we're going to be a medium, we've got to do mediumship right. And I know that in different countries around the world, you get a different degree of evidence. Some some churches can bring through a great deal of evidence and some don't. So really, it's a bit potluck sometimes when you go to a church as to what you and who, which medium is on as to what you'll get. But mediumship is a religion, sorry, spiritualism is a religion. Mm-hmm. Within the UK, uh, it is a recognised religion. It is the sixth most popular religion after the main five religions. Wow. And uh, we, you know, we, what I like about spiritualism, I say it's a thinking man's religion, mainly because we don't ask anyone to believe uh, in any creed or dogma. There is no holy book. We don't get you to believe anything other than seven simple principles within the UK what something we call the seven principles, which mm-hmm. form the basis of spiritualism. And I know that in the US there is the, uh, the NSAC, uh, which I can't remember exactly what it stands for, National Spiritualist Association or Congress. I, I have no idea. That's okay. But anybody in the US will be able to figure it out for me. Yeah. And I know they have their principles, which kind of match ours, but are slightly different, but pretty much the same. In Australia, you have the Victoria uh, spiritualists, again, it's similar, but not quite the same. But generally, the, the principles are the same. It's belief belief in an afterlife, belief that we survive as a soul. And it's belief that mediums can communicate with those souls to bring forward that evidence to demonstrate it. But what, what I like about spiritualism the most is we have this belief. I believe that my soul is eternal, my spirit is eternal. When I, when I die, I'm still alive, just in a different dimension. Mm-hmm. And I can then get to demonstrate the truth of that by linking to people who are in the spirit world who are minds and bring forward information to demonstrate they're still a living consciousness, to demonstrate they're still alive, to demonstrate they still know what goes on in people's lives. And for me, it's a religion where we actually demonstrate it. It's, uh, it for me, it has that evidential nature that the skeptic inside me loves. Exactly. That's what I need. You know, I, I couldn't do it if there was no evidence. I really couldn't. No, that's why I, I really wanted to talk to you too today. And I, I find too, without that fear of uh, dying, you know, just knowing that I will continue on, I seem to have more courage living. I seem to take uh, more risks in life. I mean, not, you know, life or death things, but just saying things I need to say or just not being so scared or, you know, those, those sort of things. Do you find the same thing as well when you believe in life after death, you have a more quality life? Absolutely. You know, at the, the end of the day, I often uh, say that, you know, we're all going to find out about the reality of life after death one day because all of us sooner or later will face that moment where we take our transition. Right. That which we call death, but as spiritualists, we say our passing, our transition. Okay. We, usually, we often don't use the word death, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. But we're all going to find out for sure. 
So the whole point of spirit communicating with us, well, part of it is the comfort, absolutely. To comfort the bereaved is a huge thing. But the other part is they want us to know here and now our true spiritual nature. They want us to know that we are spirit here and now. And I often say, if you cannot die, then how will you live? If there is no life, if, you know, people say to me, Martin, you're a medium. That's all about life after death, isn't it? And I say, no, it's about life before death. Mm -hmm. Because all those in the spirit world, they already know that they're still alive. It's the people here, we've got to let them know that they'll survive that death, that they are that spirit here and now, that they need to live their lives from the spirit view, not the selfish view. That, you know, what we do now will create our life within the spirit world. So we need to make a difference. And I believe that the knowledge, once we've been truly touched by the power of spirit, it should change us. Once we've really opened our eyes to that knowledge, it should make us ask those big questions. It should make us rethink our lives. Mm -hmm. It should. Yeah. It should make us sit up and take notice. Hang on a minute. This life is but one small step of a much greater journey. Right. And if, you cannot, if you cannot die, then what are you going to do about it? And it's very comforting to believe, whether you call it God, spirit, whatever, in a higher power. Also very comforting to believe that, that we do have guides, that we're not alone, Um yeah, it's a brilliant way to live life. When we can remember, I know often my own mind will kick in and try to convince me that I'm alone, this is all there is. Um, but that's why I think it's important to listen to radio shows like this. For me to be enrolled in your course is very important because I cannot watch uh, and not believe in who I really am. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. And if we could, Martin, I'm just looking at the clock. Time goes by so quick. Maybe just some about your uh, course in mediumship, which can be found at courseinmediumship.com. I feel very blessed that I stumbled upon your YouTube videos, which you give maybe about 10-minute snippets of some of your videos. And it, it led me right to your page. And, and I just found myself like, this is the next step for me. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about your course, because I know there's people that are also interested in this. They want to be the best they can be. And if there's a possibility of being somebody who can link with spirit, you know, we want to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, where, where the course came from, as mentioned, I trained as a hypnotherapist. And mm -hmm. uh in training and therapy, you have to do a great deal of theoretical understanding before you're allowed to go into the real world and have a practice with people. Which, which is, is a good isn't? thing. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But on one level, I would go to churches, I would go on courses, and they'd just say, off you go, link with the spirit world, off you go. And I'd see, media, I'd see, I'd see students create a great deal of problems because of a lack of knowledge. And it, it struck me that there's three aspects to developing mediumship. There's the practice but then there's a theoretical understanding. And for me, that bit was just not stressed anywhere near enough in any of the teachings I'd had. And certainly when you go on courses, most people want to go there to practice. They don't want to be told the theory. So it got me thinking, well, how can I present the theory of mediumship? And I don't think, as far as I'm aware, I don't think anyone else has pulled it together in the way I have. Nope. Because <laughs> I don't I, think I, so. I have that logical mind that I just sat down and just try to sketch out my whole understanding of the theory of mediumship. And one thing I'm passionate about as well is I know some people who say, don't give all your information to your students. Don't, you know, drip feed them to drip feed it to them. Let them have it bits at a time. Don't give them everything. And I disagree. If I have it, you can have it. If I know it, you can know it. Mm. Why would I hold it back? So I'm, I'm passionate about letting people know everything I know. Great. And, uh, and hopefully that comes across the fact that I've done 21 videos now, each one lasting well over two hours. 
some even as long as three hours. And then there's tutorials that go with each video, and they last ten, generally two and a half hours. I think so far the material is probably over 93 hours in total. Amazing. And, you know, so my aim was to try and build something that really gave a solid theoretical foundation. And what a lot of people said to me was, wow, once I'd sit and went through the theory in a structured, logical way, it all made sense. And once pe- you know, people would say to me in the past, just link, and you'd say, well, how am I supposed to link? I don't know. Exactly. But then if you spell it out to people in a simple way with simple analogies, like the radio analogy and various <laughs> other things, for me it becomes quite clear. And But also, I also say to people it comes with a bit of a health warning in that once you've done a degree of training on the theory of mediumship, you'll watch how mediums work and you'll see what is good mediumship and what is not. And, you know, you you never watch mediumship quite the same way ever again. If people who've done my course say, yeah, now I watch mediums and I realize that people I thought initially were quite good, they weren't. I realize they're working psychically, they're giving the audience what they want. It's funny, I have to share this. Where I'm at in your course is the poor practices of medium, mediumship. Yeah. And some of the ones you hit on, because this is where I'm at now. I mean, I'm working, I guess, psychically and picking up things about the person and uh, I'm, my own imagination's kicking in and I'm just spewing off whatever's coming to mind and it's like oh boy I fit right in those poor practices but I get it I mean what you need to do is make a connection to spirit you need to be detailed as to who that person is uh, have the person recognize it maybe what they died of maybe you know just really specifics that people know and even if these other thoughts come into my mind you know they can set aside for a minute and into you know clearly give a message uh, and be able to wrap it all up as opposed to the poor practices of just saying everything that comes to mind. You know, so you are right. I had a reading with a medium on the phone uh, once who I wrote down everything he said and it just felt just like what I was doing. Just every bit of information that came to his mind came out and only maybe three items actually fit. And uh, it didn't feel good at the end. I didn't really feel like I had good solid proof that a loved one was around. Absolutely. And you know, with mediumship, there's such a huge power there. I always say there's the power to harm and the power to heal. You know, I've heard worst case scenario where people, mediums have told sitters that they're useless and that that sitter's gone on to take their own life. Worst case scenario. Wow. As a medium, you could actually cause so much harm, you could put somebody in spirit. But equally, the power of it to heal you know, in my own instance, that medium who brought through my mum, mm-hmm. who started me on this path, did so much good. I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for that medium. Right. I wouldn't be here talking to you if, if the evidence given hadn't have been of a caliber and quality. I, I, I often joke if I'd gone along to the church when there was a lousy medium working, I would have come out of it saying, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is no reality to this. So thank heavens there was a good medium working that night. But the point is, is that we, we as mediums, we have to understand the ethics and responsibilities we have to understand how much power we have, how much power other people give us, and we have to use it morally and ethically correctly. And we really have the power to harm. And the thing that really hate, I hate so much is seeing mediums hurt people, and we see it so often. And that's why I really feel that you know having some kind of training course that uh, stresses the ethics and stresses poor practice, and it, it's so valuable. And I, sh- I shall be uploading another YouTube video coming soon, actually, on some of the excuses that poor mediums give about why they're lazy. It's, it's really hilarious and funny, actually. Oh, good. Uh, I'm looking forward to I, seeing I, 
I keep meaning to put that one out there because it needs to be heard. All, all the excuses I've heard over the years as to why it's not their fault. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, and for our listener too, when you go to wedontdieradio.com and click on episode 81 of Martin Twycross's episode, uh, his links to his YouTube video as well as his website, his course in mediumship, um, all right there for you, easy access. And I do want to recommend to people, I know for myself, I registered and purchased uh, Martin's course in mediumship because I'm sick and tired of being afraid. And I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm one of these people meant to be a medium or not, but I want to answer that question for myself. But for anyone who's even interested in learning how it works, what it's all about, um, man, it is a fascinating course and reasonably priced. And it, it, gosh, how do I say this? It's really made me realize that I am a spirit right here right now living in a human body and so i find it very empowering um living life now that i'm in your course because i can't forget who i really am and it's pretty sensational so i want to thank you for creating it martin and no you're so welcome i'm I'm so pleased that it helps people and you know the feedback on the course is pretty much overwhelmingly positive it's got to be you know and I, I'm just grateful that it can help so many people and, you know, that's all we want really. Yeah. And it's easy to watch. And, you know, I we hear the episode a lot with Netflix now that we binge watch TV shows. Well, I feel like I'm binge watching <laughs> your course in mediumship because it is fascinating and it's, it's just really good. And it's, um, it, it feels like a foundation to who I am as a human being, you know, that's fabulous. it really is. It's, it's good. So like I said, ne- so I appreciate you saying such wonderful things about it, but can, can I just say as well that all the videos are available individually. So oh, say, if, say if someone didn't want to make the investment in the whole mm-hmm. program and they want sure. to just test the waters, they can buy one of the videos as a download or a DVD. And then basically if you then go on to buy the program, I kind of refund you back mm-hmm. the element that you've paid so that it doesn't cost any more. However you buy it, whether you buy it piecemeal or whether you buy it in one go. And I should say as well that the videos that are on YouTube – They were the original videos from about 2008 when I first developed the program. Mm -hmm. And I didn't actually originally develop it uh, with the intent of taking it to a global market. It was actually the videos were originally recorded for those who missed my classes within the church environment. And so the quality of the original videos wasn't really seeking to present them to a wider audience. So they all have been recorded again to a much higher standard. Wow. So... I, I kind of re-recorded them from the point of view of a much wider audience and the point of view of people watching at home. Mm-hmm. So, so some people may look at them and think, well, the quality of that's not very professional. <laughs> and oh. I agree that some of the early ones, it, yeah. you know, the camera, sometimes the light shone on the board to the extent that it was really not brilliant. And I bought a better camera, a better gear and did it all again and presented it the long way around. Yeah. And of course, when you present it again, I think I built in probably 40% more material second time round as well. Sure. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Martin, any closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode or any, oh, what do I say? A little gift you want to give myself, the listener, yourself as to leading an empowered day to day, maybe what we can remember or just anything that comes to mind that maybe we haven't touched upon. Well, I, I always say that we are spirit here and now and we all have that 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 spark of god within us that that spark of divinity we all have what we call we call a latent divinity within us you know so everything that you attribute every spiritual uh attribute you may associate 
with God or a spiritual person if you're not interested in God, but you may think somebody is spiritual. You have all of that within you. And I believe one of our jobs here is to try and uncover that and to make ourselves a better person. So even if we don't want to go down the route of mediumship, even if we don't want to go down the route of developing psychically, we can develop ourselves spiritually as a person. And the best way to do that is life. And the best way to do that is to look at how we live our lives. And when we recognize that we may be displaying something we don't really like, we should remember that within us is the wonderful part of us. You know, if we're a bit impatient, we have patience and tolerance within us. If we get angry, then we have the ability to transcend that through just reconnecting with the spirit that we are. Mm. And for me, that, that's what I take most from all of this work is that I'm a spirit here and now that everything that happens to me in life, I have the potential to overcome it. We're never alone. Our loved ones are always just that thought away. They're just glimpsed beyond the horizon. They're always there. And we have guides and helpers who are here, always here to support us and help us on our journey. So no matter where we are in life, no matter how difficult life may seem, we're never alone. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. That's the best closing statement I think I've ever heard on this show. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Thank you. You're, thank you're you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being our guest today, Martin. It's um, been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. What are your websites if you just want to share uh, how our listener can get in touch with you? Yeah, so my my website about me is www.martintwycross.co.uk, and that's the website from which you can buy the individual products. Mm-hmm. So there's 21 uh, DVDs currently, videos available as downloads as well, a couple of CDs, another another CD in the pipeline, probably another two or three videos in the pipeline for the future. Uh, and also that kind of whenever I'm teaching at the Arthur Finley College or anywhere else, it's listed on there. But if people are interested in doing the study program, which is a home study program, as we've talked about, the website for that is www.courseinmediumship.com. And that's that's kind of dedicated purely to the program. Yeah, so, brilliant. so I'm spread across two websites. And you can also find me on Facebook and YouTube. Yes, and, and all your links are on We Don't Die Radio episode 81. So it would be easy for people to just click on them and, and get to them. Martin, it's been a pleasure. Oh my. No, it's 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 been a, actually one last thing as well. Sure. I have mentioned Gordon Higginson. Yeah. And I have built a one of one of the other of my projects is to uh, build a website about him and to make a lot of his teachings accessible because many people recorded Gordon and the teachings got hoarded and to some degree lost. So I've been trying to compile them and make them accessible and they're wonderful to listen to. And that website is www.gordonhigginson.co.uk. Okay. And also there's also a Facebook page I've built for him as well. So if people would like to hear a bit more about him, because I have mentioned him earlier on, that's a great place to go as well. Perfect. I'll check that out. Very nice. Lots of nice teachings there. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a very exciting world, and I'm grateful to be part of it. Uh, so thank you again. And for our listener, I want to thank you for taking this hour and being here listening. And I have a favor to ask and a gift to give. So the favor to ask is if these shows have made a difference for you, if you could take a second to either share it on Facebook or YouTube or however you listen, um, or if you listened on iTunes, maybe take a second and rate the show and review it. That would make a big difference and the second thing is if you do go to we don't die radio.com and you click on insiders club as a gift if you would like to read a copy of my book i have a free download of my book we don't die a skeptic's discovery of life after death there and also um 
many other gifts as well as a gift to help you through grief. So that's just my gift to you. So this is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe with all of my heart that our lives are an education for our souls and that our lives here on earth truly are important. And like our guest said, Martin Twycross, life is about life before death. And we are in spirit here and now. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you soon.